Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, the Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is August 9th, 2021. Much has been written about the mutating virus and how its more contagious Delta variant has spurred a surge in cases, hospitalizations, and fatalities. However, the economy is also mutating and adapting. These adaptations are reducing the ability of pandemic waves to slow the economy. They're also boosting productivity and profits. However, a failure to recognize this resilience is promoting inappropriately easy monetary and fiscal policy, potentially setting the stage for higher inflation and higher interest rates, and a significant rotation in asset class performance. On the pandemic, the numbers have worsened recently, with a seven-day moving average of new confirmed cases climbing above 108,000 yesterday, and daily fatalities now exceeding 500. The one glimmer of good news in these data is that the growth rate of confirmed cases is slowing, suggesting that the daily case count could peak this month and then begin to fall. Meanwhile, the economy is continuing to grow, adding 943,000 jobs in July, well above consensus expectations. Indeed, it's remarkable that although we are now in our fourth COVID wave, there's only really been one economic wave, with the economy recovering very steadily following a sharp collapse and rebound in the spring and summer of last year. Some of this resilience can, of course, be attributed to fiscal stimulus, which has sustained strong consumer spending throughout the pandemic. However, another very important aspect has been the ability of companies, workers and consumers to adapt. Almost overnight, companies around the world adopted video conferencing as never before, and remote work became the norm. Shopping online exploded, with consumers suddenly purchasing bulk supplies of items which they used to pick up in person. Physical menus at restaurants seemed to vanish overnight, replaced by electronic menus accessed by QR codes and cell phone cameras. Cash has almost disappeared from circulation as the vast majority of purchases are done by credit card or smartphone apps. These adaptations, along with countless other adjustments, have made the economy less vulnerable to the virus. However, they have also increased productivity. For example, between February 2020 and June 2021, real consumer spending at restaurants and bars increased by 3.4%, even as the number of workers in the sector fell by 9.9%. Even allowing for a 2.7% increase in the average work week in in this sector, this speaks to a remarkable surge in productivity. More broadly, between the fourth quarter of 2019 and the second quarter of 2020, real GDP per worker in the United States rose by 5.5% or 3.6% annualized, almost three times its growth rate in the first 20 years of the century. This productivity boom is likely to continue in the year ahead, as extra demand in the economy runs into a chronic lack of labor supply. This has also contributed to an extraordinary surge in profits, with second quarter S&P 500 operating earnings now tracking $49.78, with 86% of firms beating estimates. Indeed, analysts now estimate S&P 500 operating earnings for 2021 as a whole at $195.60, more than 24% higher than the record set in 2019. Fiscal stimulus will likely continue to fuel demand. The bipartisan infrastructure bill inching its way through Congress is not a significant part of this. Indeed, a Congressional Budget Office analysis of the bill released on Thursday suggested it would add just $256 billion to deficits over the next decade, and only $5.6 billion to deficits over the next two years. 
However, passage of the infrastructure bill should allow the administration to pass a much bigger omnibus reconciliation bill later this fall, potentially providing very significant stimulus in 2022. Demand will also likely be boosted by more consumer borrowing. Government stimulus checks allowed many consumers to pay down credit card balances over the course of the pandemic. Now, as the economy continues to reopen, credit card debt is rising quickly again, climbing by a record $18 billion in the month of June alone, a trend that's likely to continue. In addition, the months ahead are likely to see a manufacturing surge as supply chain disruptions gradually ease and companies rebuild depleted inventories. However, all of this extra demand continues to contribute to a chronic lack of labour supply. In the July labour market survey from the National Federation of Independent Business, 49% of firms reported having positions they could not fill, the highest such reading in the 48 years of the survey. This should be confirmed by a strong jolts report this Monday, which could well show more job openings than people unemployed. This excess demand for labour is in turn leading to strong wage gains. Indeed, over the past two years, the average hourly earnings of production non-supervisory workers have risen by 4.8% annually, the fastest two-year growth rate seen in 38 years. This is adding to a general inflation impulse throughout the economy, which will be on full display this week in CPI readings on Wednesday and PPI numbers on Thursday. While measures of year-over-year inflation should ease in the quarters ahead, they look likely to remain in ranges well above those consistent with the Federal Reserve's long-run goal of 2% inflation, as measured by the personal consumption deflator. Recent statements by Fed officials suggest that they are becoming more aware of this, or at least that they recognize that the maximum monetary stimulus is increasingly inappropriate in a rapid and resilient economic recovery with rising inflation pressures. This could lead to some guidance on a timetable for tapering of asset purchases when the Fed gathers for its annual Jackson Hole retreat at the end of this month. It should finally be noted that as America adapts to the reality of the pandemic, our attitudes towards vaccination could put us at a global disadvantage in getting past it. Even as the US topped the medal leaderboard in the Olympics last week, we fell to 28th in the world in the percentage of the population that is vaccinated, and we will likely slip further down the charts in the months ahead. The reality is that although highly effective vaccines are freely and readily available to the 85% of the US population that's over the age of 11, just 50% of the population is fully vaccinated. Vaccine uptake is likely to be much higher in most of the rest of the developed world, potentially allowing for a fuller pandemic recovery in those countries. Our mutating economy should lead to higher long-term bond yields in a fast-growing US economy. This in turn should favor stocks over bonds and cyclicals over defensives. However, the prospect that the U.S. will end up lagging the rest of the world and finally getting past the pandemic adds a further rationale to the current very strong valuation argument for an overweight to international equities in U.S. investor portfolios. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content has been produced for information purposes only. And as such, the views contained herein are not to be taken as advice or recommendation to buy or sell any investment or interest thereto. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the recipient. The material was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular receiver. Any research in this asset has been obtained and may have been acted upon by J.P. Morgan Asset Management for its own purpose. The results of such research are being made available as additional information and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production. 
They are considered to be reliable at that time, but no warranty as to the accuracy and reliability or completeness in respect of any error or omission is accepted. They may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. J.P. Morgan Distribution Services Incorporated. Copyright 2018. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company.